Welcome to Soul Stirrings, a podcast where all things regarding faith, communication, and culture are considered. I'm your host, Paul Patton, and here's hoping for at least a couple of grins and maybe one strange amen. Welcome back. Uh, I'm about to begin an extended series uh, of podcast on what I'm calling your dance with pop culture and subtitled essentially who's leading whom. And my goal in this uh, extended series uh, is to, 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 to challenge uh, the listener, uh, invite the listener maybe I should say, in cultivating a biblically informed wisdom as critics, as creators, and as consumers of popular culture. I'd been interested in this topic for many, many decades, and I'll get into that in my next podcast as I talk more about some of the autobiographic hints that prompted me to be thinking and writing about this. But I'd been teaching an introductory course in pop culture at Spring Arbor University for over 15 years, uh, a Christian liberal arts school in in, uh, south-central Michigan. My goal um, was, as mentioned in the goals for this podcast, is to assist my students uh, in cultivating a biblically informed wisdom, as I'd mentioned before, as critics, as creators and consumers of pop culture. And through the years, most of the students would have heard the Apostle Paul's paradoxical and very delicate description of cultural engagement as being in the world and but not of the world. They would be familiar, my students would be familiar with St. Paul's admonition to the Roman Christians, something about not letting the world around you, uh, borrowing the phrase from J.B. Phillips in his living translation of the Bible, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mold. Yet what I found intriguing is that of the hundreds of students through the years who've taken that course, In the end, only a few students claimed that they were not in any way experiencing addictive patterns. And uh, addictive patterns, uh, connections to pop culture's mass media offerings. And let me get this um, straight uh, right away. Uh, When I use the word in this series, uh, addictive patterns in pop culture engagement, I I want to be careful in using a word like addiction uh, but the reason uh, I, I choose it is that I like, for instance, the Canadian Mental Health Association's definition is because the characteristics it describes, uh, and they are compulsion, loss of control, and continuing the behavioral pattern despite adverse circumstances, covers a wide spectrum of behaviors and lifestyles. Sometimes, uh, understandably, students will get slightly defensive early on in the semester, thinking somehow that addiction only describes a physical dependency on a substance, alcohol or drugs, for instance, and the pictures of anguish that go along with it. But my use of the term in these podcasts also covers the student, uh, the participant in pop culture, who has a difficult time saying no to the second or third Netflix offerings at 1.30 in the morning, and has a hard time staying awake in class the following morning. Uh, Later in these podcasts, I'll refer to default modes spurred on by emotional agitation, including boredom. But the word addiction, I want to argue, can also allude to such patterns 
of uh, being overwhelmed with a tsunami of offerings uh, from the 24-7 machine called pop culture. Realizations of the dominance of mass media usually came in a variety of ways, uh, usually associated with assigned media fasts and experiments, and I'll unfold some of those for you uh, listening audience later in these podcasts so you can look at the possibility of participating in some of them. Uh, but in these uh, tech fasts that I would assign, several students found driving their cars in silence without the unthinking habit of turning on the radio uh, nearly impossible to endure. A couple of these students reported through the years hearing their car engines for the first time, then quickly recognized they might need to consult an auto mechanic. Others realized their habits of consulting parasocial celebrity gossip was a quasi-voyeuristic substitute for personal relationships that lacked sizzle. This was after an assigned week of no celebrity gossip. Still others were struck by the relational costs of the near-perpetual cell phone texting regimen. Others only started to consider the benefits and price tags of the unfolding phenomenon of the always accessible second screen, the ever-improving smartphones with their thousands of available apps that assured them that most problems were solvable. Now, only a few students without any addictive connection to mass media or so they perceived, and I'm convinced that a few of them might have been slightly a tad delusional. Randomly, these students, and I don't know if all of them were Christians, used up underestimated chunks of time with television, film, and YouTube surfing, Facebook, and you name it. And this whole emphasis on uh, the habit, humanly, of underestimating these chunks of time, we'll, we'll get into later in a podcast in the future. There seemed to be, with my students, little sense of predetermined appointment with any particular program of interest. Often it was being open to whatever might entertain them the best and about any medium would do. Additionally, there was not much evidence that their consumption of mass media entertainment was understood within the biblical framework of Sabbath. There was little understanding of entertainment in any form as a grace ministering within the rhythms of work and rest. In fact, few students could articulate criteria for determining what was inappropriate or gratuitous at best and inhumane at worst in the mass media programming readily available to them. Oh, sure, basically all the students had drawn a significant line of demarcation between X-rated over-the-top pornographic fare, for instance, and R-rated generally restricted entertainment, the latter usually unrestricted for them. (laughs) And they were, in fact, more self-indulgent in their consumption of mass media at home more than at the university. Yet once they became more aware of the amount of discretionary time they spent engaging mass media, they were typically surprised by how much more time their family devoted to watching broadcast programming than they remembered. The operative word, of course, was watching. The families were typically watching something, rarely discussing or doing anything together. It became clear the typical students' mass media engagement habits were birthed 
in a family environment where television, for instance, television entertainment dominated prime time. This has been with us since the 1950s, even in the most religiously devoted and pious home environments. The family setting was where the student programmed their default mode for dealing with boredom or, frankly, any emotional irritation. And for all the improved talk about integration of faith and life within the Christian community over the last generation, there was little demonstration from the hundreds of usually conscientious students that they consciously considered the implications of the Lordship of Christ in their entertainment pursuits. In other words, what did it mean to call Jesus Lord, for instance, of their bored moments? Part of the problem is that their entertainment pursuits rarely lasted longer than the time it spent to push the power button of their smartphone, laptop, or television remote. That is, unless they couldn't find their remote. The arm's length of availability of media programming, in most settings, little more than seconds away, prevented the student from cultivating that self-discovery that comes from the hard work of coexisting with boredom. And we'll spend more time on the faithful stewarding of of the bored moment in a future podcast. If I were to pick one image that addresses the primary concerns of these podcasts, this podcast series on your dance with pop culture, it would be the work-wearied soul, television remote in hand, myopically channel surfing, averaging three seconds per broadcast option through the 150 premium packaged offerings and finally settling on one that visually triggers a commitment for at least the next three minutes. And all of it, as I've mentioned before, without considering the implications of the Lordship of Christ or more generally asking about the moral point of their lives, including their entertainment engagements. In my next podcast uh, on this longer series of your dance, entitled Your Dance with Pop Culture, I'm going to be giving also some uh, autobiographic hints as to my interest in this topic and a topic that I call and describe uh, as the crucible of our 21st century uh, postmodern existence. Mm-hmm.